0: Welcome to Courage and Spice. This is the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'll share evidence-based resources and teach you proven coaching tools to help you transcend your self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick, a master coach and founder of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. Hey everyone, so nice to be with you today. It's raining here in Bristol for the first time in April as I'm recording this and um, it's kind a cosy day, I've got lamps and candles and um, up until I started recording a little plinky-plunky music playing and I've got a triple fur situation on the floor of my office so I really hope that all the animals behave and just stay asleep. But it is pretty cosy, it's quite a nice day to be recording a podcast for you and I wanted to talk to you today about overthinking and maybe you can relate to that idea of overthinking as if it were an Olympic sport and you're actually in medal contention. So you might find that you replay a conversation hours or even days after it's happened or you're prone to never deciding or never knowing your own opinion or constantly vacillating over your choices. Well this episode is for you my friend. Overthinking is a massive time and energy sucker but I think the good news is that fundamentally it's a habit and like all habits it can be undone with some practice. So in this episode we'll explore what overthinking actually is, what causes it and then I'm going to walk you through a couple of practical steps that you can just experiment with to try and stop overthinking so much. So what even is overthinking? Well understanding the psychology behind it might just help you to respond to it in a healthier way and eventually even free yourself from it. So a simple definition that I use for overthinking is that It's the habit of applying analytical thought and problem-solving skills in a situation where that is unhelpful or unproductive. So you're just using your super smart brain in a way that does not serve you. It keeps you distracted and occupied really effectively. When you're overthinking, you're sort of standing on the sidelines waiting until you know more. And I think that's why it's such a brilliant tactic of self-doubt. It's one of those six P's of resistance. Paralysis. If you're holding yourself back, you're never going to put yourself in the path of a perceived psychological risk. So here's what commonly happens when we're overthinking. There's three main types of overthinking. The first is worry, where we imagine possible problems or dangers in the future, usually a worst-case scenario. And of course, sometimes anticipating problems or threats in the future is a good thing to do. But helpful planning is quite different from unhelpful worry, because the worry doesn't actually lead to new information or insights that can be helpful. So for example, if your child is walking to school for the first time on their own and you start worrying about all the different possible horrible things that could happen in that half mile distance, this kind of thinking doesn't actually keep your little person safe and it adds a lot of stress and anxiety to you. So worry is that really pointless activity, right? It's using your super smart imagination to imagine worst case scenarios. Rumination is a second kind of overthinking, and this is where we replay events from the past in an unhelpful way. And there are two common types of rumination. Depressive rumination is when we're dwelling on all our past mistakes or failures. As opposed to a helpful reflection where we maybe look at what we could learn or do differently, depressive rumination is pretty unproductive because it doesn't lead to anything useful. It just creates often shame, guilt, sadness, judgment, and criticism. Not fun. Okay, the second kind of rumination is angry rumination. And this is when the object of our overthinking tends to be other people and their mistakes. So after a fight with your spouse, you find yourself replaying arguments you've had with them in the past, going over evidence of why you were right, they were wrong. And it might feel good in the moment, but angry rumination tends to fuel that anger, as well as resentment, And often it leads to distorted beliefs about other people and we tend to lose perspective. So we've got worry and rumination. And the third kind of overthinking that's really common is fixeritis, which I've personally named for its accuracy and secretly to remind myself to not do it. Now this happens when you're listening to someone else describe a situation or experience that they find difficult. And because there is some anxiety that comes from listening to that, you start thinking about and often suggesting ways that they can fix the problem or do things differently. So fixeritis is a form of overthinking because you start applying your problem-solving skills to someone else's issue, when actually what would be more helpful is to be a compassionate witness to listen and validate the person's difficulty rather than trying to fix it. actually try and make yourself feel better in the process. There's probably other forms of overthinking, but these tend to be really common and pronounced for folks with self-doubt. So what even causes overthinking? Why do we do this when it's not particularly useful or helpful and it doesn't tend to get us anywhere? Well, the most important thing to realize about overthinking is that it usually comes from a really good place. It's the ability to think critically and analytically. That's a great tool when it's applied to problems that can be solved. But overthinking is a kind of misdirected application of these skills. So we tend to develop the habit of overthinking because it usually served us in some way during some situations and then we just started applying it to anything. So there's a handful of really common causes of overthinking that I thought it might be helpful to share with you. The first is early reinforcement. So most people with a real severe habit of overthinking tend to develop this quite early in life, usually as a child. And usually it's developed because at the time it was the only way they had to deal with difficult, scary, overwhelming experiences. The second main reason is the illusion of control, which is probably the most dominant cause of overthinking is that it gives us the illusion of control, right? We don't like to admit it, but most things are outside of our control. And so this tends to lead to a sense of helplessness and anxiety and overthinking feels like it alleviates that anxiety and helplessness because thinking like this feels productive, even if it isn't. So it kind of creates this reinforcing situation where the feeling of false control temporarily alleviates our anxiety. And because that is quite rewarding, we just keep doing it, right? The next reason is secondary gain, which I think is a really interesting concept. And I think this is really what self-doubt does. Secondary gain is the idea that we persist in something because it has secondary or non-obvious benefits. In the case of overthinking, most people do this because it leads to some kind of payoff, right? Often it could be sympathy or listening attention from people in our lives and that can feel really good. It can also be an excuse for procrastinating or avoiding decisions. If you tell yourself you can't make a decision because you haven't thought it through enough, you can't ever be blamed for making a bad decision, right? Which has a real logic to it. And another reason is overgeneralization, right? Overgeneralization means that because large amounts of thinking help in one area of your life, like maybe at school or at work, You assume it'll also help in other areas of your life, like when you're having a conflict with your spouse or something isn't right in a work relationship. So many people are so good at thinking and rewarded for it in lots of aspects of our lives that we have a hard time putting that tool down. Everything looks like a nail when you've got a really big hammer, right? That sounded less dirty in my head. Okay. So to the expert thinker, everything starts to look like a problem to be solved with lots of thinking. I know for me, I've always been pretty good at overthinking. I can fall down that rabbit warren pretty easily because thinking has always been the way that I've made sense of the world. So there are three key ways that can help you to kind of quit the overthinking Olympics, right? If you want to stop doing this or ease up on this habit, start using this tool of analysing and problem solving in useful ways, the key thing to know is that overthinking is a habit. So that means it's going to take a little bit of practice and sustained effort to unhook yourself from falling into the habitual response of problem meets overthinking. And it's also going to mean that there's no one size that fits all, right? So you might need to experiment with a variety of approaches and strategies, figure out what works best for you, given the unique characteristics of your current situation, your current environment, as well as your personality, your history, etc. The first approach that I recommend is starting to identify the emotions that are underneath overthinking, So overthinking is a protective behavior, right? It's something we do to try and feel safe. And it usually serves some sort of function emotionally. So it does something for our feelings. Usually it makes us feel better, even if that's temporary. When you start overthinking by worrying about your future at work, it might be the case that overthinking is functioning to relieve or alleviate some anxiety you have about your job, for example. But overthinking is the quick fix, right? It temporarily distracts you from your anxiety and gives you the illusion of control, but it doesn't actually address the thing you're worried about. So one of the best things you can do to eliminate the need to overthink is to start asking yourself, what am I feeling, right? Not what am I thinking, but what am I feeling? And is there a way that I can allow myself to feel this? just take some time to get curious about my emotions to validate that they make total sense given this situation and that's going to be a lot more productive in the long run than avoiding them with overthinking. The second tool that I would recommend or approach I'd recommend is to intentionally overthink, which might sound a bit counterintuitive, but the thing is that overthinking tends to convince us that we have to wait, stand here, and think about this now, or if you're me, lie in bed at 4am with your eyes wide open, thinking it through now, right? So there is a sense of urgency, unless I think this through, I'm not going to be able to figure it out, but actually there's very few overthinking emergencies, You probably don't have to think about that idea that your mind is throwing at you right in this moment. So when we get intentional about overthinking, it's effective because it helps remind you that just because your mind wants you to think about something doesn't mean you have to. So instead of overthinking, you decide a time and the amount of time that you are going to allow yourself to overthink. You're going to give yourself 20 minutes at 8 a.m. to have a little look at this situation. Maybe do a pro con list or talk it through with a friend, right? And then you can kind of alleviate your tendency to want to do this now. It gives you some relief in that. But it also validates that, yeah, there is a concern here and it's good to get some time to think about this. It just doesn't have to be now. And I found this really helpful because it helps me to just get some space between that sense of urgency at 4am, which is never a good time to make any decisions or think anything through logically, and and when I actually sit down to do it, because that space has a helped some of the urgency dissipate so it means I'm more likely to come at this from a bit more of a helpful perspective but it also means that my unconscious brain does its magic thing where it sort of starts to think about this and how we might actually solve the problem without me really having to do anything it just goes off and starts to problem solve It's an amazing thing that can happen when you just give that job to your unconscious. You can try this, see if this works for you. Now, a top tip for overthinking on purpose is to only do it on paper, right? Because overthinking tends to generate a lot of disproportionate and sometimes a lack of perspective in our emotions and in our viewpoints, there's a real benefit to writing down your overthinking rather than trying to do it in your mind. First reason for that is you can't write as fast as you can think so you slow yourself down, you actually approach this from a more emotionally regulated place and seeing your thoughts on paper literally gives you perspective right. They're out of your minds and onto a piece of paper that's separate from you so it means that you can kind of spot where you might be distorting the truth or making assumptions that kind of thing and it just helps us to see that. That can be really helpful if your overthinking tends to go down the road of criticism and judgment. So we've got two main approaches here. Identifying the emotions underneath the overthinking. Intentionally overthinking on paper. And then the third approach is to experiment with micro-decisiveness, right? I think a lot of people overthink because we have a hard time making decisions and being decisive. It's a kind of related symptom of overthinking. So if this is true for you, Practicing getting more decisive will help you to stop overthinking in the first place, right? You just kind of develop a bit more of a reflexive self-trust. The way to do this is to practice being more decisive, right? How do we become more decisive? Well, you start making decisions, right? So micro-decisiveness is a great way to start this, right? Because you're gradually involving this part of your discernment, You're gradually building up your self-trust. So you just want to start with very small decisions and slowly build your way up to slightly harder decisions. And this is the thing. Most people will go, well, the thing that I'm overthinking about is this big, massive decision. And I can't possibly start small because all I'm thinking about is this big thing. But actually, this is a great distraction technique as well. The key thing is to not try and convince yourself that you don't also have this other big decision to make. It's to include it in the process as you are experimenting. All right, so let's include it in this technique, which I'm going to share with you now. So the way to start with your micro decisiveness is to just brainstorm a list of as many possible decisions you might face on a typical day or even a typical week and then break them into categories of easy, doable, bit uncomfortable, no freaking idea, right? Don't overcomplicate this. You just need about three or four categories. And then just commit to being decisive about one easy decision, right? And then as those become more comfortable, you can move into the doable decisions and you just keep going. The idea here is to practice being decisive right? Reminding yourself that you have a capacity within you to be decisive, to not have to overthink in the first place. Now, a really bonus tip here is while you're trying any of these approaches is to get really curious about this thing called the secondary gain, right? Overthinking is not something that your brain's doing to try and punish you, right? On some level you're choosing to do this because it's serving a purpose. Now, it might be Um, helping you to procrastinate, right? Procrastinate on a difficult decision or something that you're like, it feels quite risky if you actually attempt this. It might be distracting you from an emotion that feels too hard to feel. But whatever you're doing, this overthinking is an avoidance tactic that is protecting you from something. You're doing it for a damn good reason, so what is it? The more you can kind of understand what the risk is that you're holding yourself back from, the more you have the opportunity to understand that and make sense of it. Which means you've got more choices to feel resourced about doing different things, responding in different ways. So if you want to quit the overthinking Olympics, the key here is to understand why you do it and then try out some targeted strategies designed to help you respond differently to remove the need for overthinking in the first place. Okay lovely people, I hope that helps you to give your big brains a little rest. I will see you next week. if you're ready to explore more about your self-doubt, I want to invite you to take the self-doubt archetypes quiz. It's totally free and you'll uncover your particular flavour of self-doubt. It turns out self-doubt is not this amorphous cloud of woe. There are 12 different types of self-doubt and finding out yours is the first step to getting a handle on it. Just head over to www.saspederic.com backslash archetype for all the details.